to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. We're only a few days away from trade deadline day and a lot is going on. Actually, while we do this podcast, a lot is going on. It's uh, it's Sunday right now and um, we're just getting ready for the Seattle game uh, where the Leafs are in Seattle. and But there's still a lot going to happen. But it's kind of... It's kind of for me, it's like why we're going to have a uh, trade deadline day programming on uh, on Friday. It's going to be interesting on TV what what the networks are going to have to talk about. Um, but before we get into all that trade deadline stuff, we're going to we want to wish actually Brendan Shanahan's mom, Rosaline, a very happy 90th birthday. I thought that was cool on Friday night. I couldn't believe it yeah. was her first. It was her first game uh, since. Brendan Shanahan took over as a uh, Leafs president. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was, it was fun and it was great that they won the game for her too. Absolutely. It was, uh, yeah. it's, I mean, she looks fabulous for 90. I have to say after yeah. being probably run down by four boys, um, <laughs> that's not easy raising four boys like that. They're usually pretty yeah. high energy. Um, yeah. And from, from uh, the stories but- I read, some of the stories I read, she was a pretty tough one too. Like on, yeah. like, to, like on both her boys and on the uh, on the other side too, on coaches that were coaching her boys. Basically, she had some words for them <laughs> when you when they weren't <laughs> on getting the ice time and stuff like that. But yeah, so um, a happy, a little bit belated birthday, but still, we want to wish yes. her the the best to Granny Shanny. <laughs> I like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> And another big moment uh, for the Shanahan family, uh, it was 21 years ago on February 24th, 2002, at the Salt Lake City Olympics that Canada won the gold medal and ended a 50-year drought of uh, not winning um, in the Olympics. And Brandon Shanahan was a big part of that team of stars, and uh, it's a time that they'll we'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, actually, I was reading some, like, a couple of articles about it, refreshing my memory. And uh, that's the one where Wayne Gretzky, like, just went off because they started, obviously, the the tournament. It wasn't great. It was one. They lost one and won one. And then I think they tied as well. It was yeah. one, one, and one. And, or they lost in the shootout, maybe. And um, that's yeah, how, and like, then, uh, Curtis Joseph kind of. Yes. That part lost of it his too. starting position. Pat Quinn yeah. was coaching. I remember that, and then they never kind of got that relationship back on track after that. Yeah, and Coach then he Quinn ended and, up uh, Cujo. Yeah, and then he ended up going to Detroit, getting traded mm-hmm. from the Leafs or leaving for. No, he, he was traded. Was a, no, he was, was a free, free agent. It was a free agent signing. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, yeah, but then like Wayne Gretzky went off on the media saying like trying to basically deflect the attention off of the mm-hmm. team because they were all as you're saying that i'm like i yeah. can vividly see it all in my mind's eye yeah and then the other thing i remember too was that was the first time like they they planted they put the little loony at center ice the guy the guy that's right the ice yeah they put the canadian <laughs> loony there that was that yeah. was fun anyway so those are a uh, few moments anyways that i that i remember from that and uh we both remember but uh yeah and then Still going with the international part of the game a little bit. The NHL, the last week or so, the NHL apparently is going to be taking the game over to Australia in uh, next September. And um, supposedly the teams involved are going to be the Boston Bruins and the LA Kings. How do they make these decisions? 
I understand LA. I even understand Vancouver, let's just say, because they're on the West Coast. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. They're going towards Australia when you travel with the plane, you're going. But Boston? But what I wonder, though, is that, you know, I would assume that, you know, the NHL has, you know, market research uh, firms working on this. So right. should they not go with the the teams that, you know, have the biggest, you know, kind of fan bases there? Wouldn't well, that make the, more sense? Well, that's the thing, though. It's not just there, but it's like, how are the Leafs? I just don't understand why. Like, they're yeah. never chosen for any of these. And I know. Meanwhile, we, we have the largest fan base. Like, if they want to draw people to the game. Wouldn't it make mm. sense to bring one of the most popular teams in the NHL to that place, like to well, promote it? I guess maybe what they figure is that Leaf fans would go anyway. And so what they want to, what they're banking on maybe is that the Leaf fans that live there or, you know, yeah, that it could they'll be still another go. team that has a large fan base, but because that's the one and only chance that they have of having NHL hockey, they'll still go. Regardless, no. and maybe, you know, maybe bring another but, friend to introduce them or something. I don't know. Yes, but I but just. If it does happen and Brad Marchand is there, I'm basically just going to, if my relatives decide, I have relatives in Melbourne there. And if the game is in Melbourne, um, I think it's supposed to be in Melbourne. But that's if what it I is heard. there. I'm going to tell them basically if they decide to go, they can just go and boo Brad Marchand as well. <laughs> <laughs> Make some signs. Yes, make some signs saying you're crap. <laughs> yeah. We don't like you over here in, in Australia. Go back. <laughs> Go back home. We don't like rats. We don't yeah. like invasive species here in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So anyhow, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. yeah. Um. So before we get into the show proper, uh, just a bit of a programming note for our listeners. Um, that after this episode, we're going to do a special uh, post-trade deadline bonus episode on March 8th uh, with our insider, Mike Ogello. And then uh, we're going to go on a really short little hiatus and we will be back on April 5th. So be sure to hit that follow button wherever you listen to us. And that way you won't miss any of our shows. Um, of course, we will be keeping you up to date on social media and our handle is at LTL1917. So you can always catch up with us there. So now let's get into things and get into some leaf talk. And we're going to start that off with the good, the bad and the ugly. And then we're going to run the ladies talking leaf, leaf's uh, highlight reel. And in our third period segment, we're going to talk everything trade deadline. So without any further ado, let's talk leaves. the good, bad, and the ugly. All right, off the top, we'll say there is no ugly again. So we're going, we got a pretty good streak going here without any ugly, so that's good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But what also is good, my good, is Mitch Marner. That guy is just, the whole season, he's been on fire. I I just, he's just been controlling the play. Um, And when he talks about when when the word buzzing is really he's really buzzing right now Mm -hmm. and 
he just, um, I mean, it, the game versus the Minnesota Wild, he he was just all over the ice and controlling the play. He had that block shot that was amazing. And then versus the Sabres, he had the five assists and one in, in the game, which tied the Leaf record for most, uh, which ties the Leaf record for most assists in a road game. So, um, so that was that was awesome. But yeah, he's, he's just, he's just got it going right now. And I just hope that he keeps it going well into the playoffs because um, yeah, we, we need him playing like that. And um, so that's, that's my good. What well, about you? I or can't, what, uh, what? disagree with that. I mean, obviously Mitch has been on fire and I think the, the main thing is, is he's definitely having a lot of fun this year. And we all know that when Mitch is having fun, uh, he's usually having a game. So definitely, um, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, what he does for the rest of the season. Yeah, he's leading the team right now in points. And um, and yeah, all those people that wanted to trade him once again earlier in the season, beginning of the year, they wanted to trade him for a bag of pucks. <laughs> where are they? Where are those people now? <laughs> it's kind of crickets. Crickets yeah. from those people now. Yeah. Anyway, so for me, um, yeah. my good is David Kampf. So I believe our last episode, we were talking about how, you know, he hasn't really been producing much offense and and we haven't getting been getting a lot from the bottom six um, in that regard. And even though he's not really meant to score, like we do need to be, you know, you know, putting up some produ- producing some offense for us. Uh, last yeah. year, he had kind of a breakout season that way, and he scored eleven goals. Um, he ended up with twenty six points overall, which uh, more than doubled what he what he got in uh, Chicago. Um, this year has been a little quiet, and what we were discussing last time was that he hadn't scored since uh, December eighth. And so yeah. now, in short order, after we <laughs> have a little bit of fresh blood in the bottom six, uh, yeah. not necessarily that that it had anything to do with it, but you know, when you add something to the mix, it does change yeah. the dynamic. So you can't rule that out. But anyways, lo and behold, in the last uh, three games, he has now two goals. So he scored uh, against Montreal, and then um, also um, with Minnesota in, in Buffalo. Was it Buffalo or Minnesota? I thought you had the goal. Oh, in- sorry, Minnesota. Yes, Minnesota. Yeah, because I was going to mm-hmm. say that uh, I hate it when they do this, though. Mind you, on Twitter, the Sportsnet stats they they say that they said that Leafs are nine zero and zero at home since the start of last season when David Camp scores a goal. And I, I'm like, and they say it as soon, like they tweet this out right after he scored the goal, like on, on Friday versus yeah, the yeah. Uh, Minnesota Wild. And I'm like, why would you do that? <laughs> I'm like, right. Like, but I'm like, eh, well, the streak is still going. So that's good. Um, but uh, maybe hopefully that continues into the playoffs. We need him to score mm-hmm. in the playoffs and keep that uh, at home to keep yeah. that streak well, going too. He had 11, um, he had 11 goals uh, last year and now he's up to six. So, you know, if he keeps putting it together like this and I mean, we don't still don't know what they have left to do for trade the deadline. Um, yeah. You know, if they add something to the bottom six still um, who knows. Um, but yeah, anyways, it was good to see yeah. him get on the board again. And yeah, so yeah. like lo and behold, he has three points now. Yeah, and I was actually looking, 
I was interested just because we know we're playing Tampa, obviously in the in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and um, I was just com- tr- I went on the Tampa's uh, Twitter there, and I was looking at their third line, matching it up with their with our third line, and like it's really when it comes to size and like it's not it's not like their line basically their third line is Ross Colton, who's six foot one hundred ninety four pounds nick paul is 6'3 223 pounds so he's the biggest of the the centermen and then vladislav nemestikov is six foot 179 and we have angval who's 6'4 uh 198 camp is 6'2 197 pounds and yarn croak is the fresh blood that you were talking about um because he moved off of the Tavares line mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh down to play with camp and engval and he's six foot 192 pounds so when you're when you're comparing the lines i'm like it's just the fact that obviously nemestikov i think well even colton all three of those guys end up getting somehow they end up getting that all-important goal in the playoffs mm-hmm. and that's where our three guys, Engvall, Camp, and Yarncroak, um, and especially Yarncroak, we've said it from the beginning of the season, he's supposed to have a big shot, like a, a pretty good one. So we need Camp and the line mates. It would be nice if the baby giraffe there would also contribute a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> if any of our listeners out there know that uh, we won't say who the baby giraffe is, they should know. <laughs> but we need the... Uh, we need uh, size wise. I think they match up well, and we just need them to produce uh, on that. Third well, it's line. a question. I think it's the uh, the intensity factor. Um, yes. Because, for yes. example, I remember Colton last year in that first round. You know, he was whenever he was interviewed post game or whatever, especially after the losses. Like there was, a, he was pretty intense guy. You know, the yes. way he spoke. Um, yeah. you know, yeah, we, we need that intensity we need to match that these, intensity yeah. yeah, on the ice. Yeah. And, but and maybe, I, like you were saying though, like the fact that, you know, yarn croak has been having to play farther up the lineup and yes, can he play up there? Sure he can, but is he most effective there? Probably not. So yeah. if he's playing in, in the third line, that's probably where he is going to, um, pay the most dividends and help yeah. out a guy like like Kemp. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So going on to the bad. Mm-hmm. The bad I have as the goaltending <laughs> situation. Uh, once again, unfortunately, this seems to come up quite often, and it's nothing against uh, Ilya Samsonov. He's or Joseph Wall actually, who's played a couple of games for us too, coming up from the Marlies. Um, Samsonov's only blip, I guess, that I felt was uh, during the third period versus the Sabres, uh, where he led in a couple of goals that he probably should have had to make it uh, make the score a little bit uh, the way it should have been uh, instead of making it close there. Was that his um, first one back after he was sick? Yes. No, that was his second one. Because he lost to, it was Chicago Mm -hmm. that they, uh, they put him in. He shouldn't have played that game in Chicago. No, not at all. But I mean, even with the Buffalo game, like, honestly, like if he had a stomach bug, which, um, you know, that's basically what they said he had. Um, I, I've had that go through my household. Uh, Mm -hmm. it it takes a little while when you've gone through that and you're, you're really dehydrated to get your energy back. So 
Yeah. Honestly, I think, you yeah. know, he played probably because he had to, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> nothing. Should, still wasn't hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's played 30 games. He's 20, uh, Samsonov has and 21, mm-hmm. seven and two. He's had a really good record, but my issue again, of course, we haven't mentioned the name yet is Matt Murray. It's just beyond me. Like it's kind of a strange situation because the way they're saying at practice, like he's, he's practicing fine, like shifting across the crease fine, like where you would use your ankles a lot. Like he looks fine out there in practice and I don't know, but he can't play apparently. And he hasn't played since January 17th versus the Panthers. So that's well over a month now. And I'm just thinking he's apparently going, I guess he's supposed to come off of the uh, LTIR. He can actually come in to play versus the Oilers. Uh, He's on the road trip um, this week on the West Coast road trip. Um, So he could technically play, but I don't know. (laughs) I just like, uh, it's like, it's, you're kind of nervous feeling that going down the stretch, like how is it going to be? For him, like if he's, I don't know, if he's not feeling right or is he feeling right? I don't know. And then I kind of think that Dubis or like maybe they're holding him out so that he can really be fresh for the playoffs. Like, and well, that's just, what I'm wondering. Like, that yeah. seems to be like the only thing that kind of makes sense. Like, is this like a load management type of thing? However, are you not playing with fire with that though? Like, if- well, yeah. Like you kind of like while he all this time that he's out, um, the rest of the league and his his teammates also everyone's ramping up. I mean, that's the stage yeah. we're in is that it's like a, a slow build to the playoffs, but it's all going to ramp up and he's going to be coming in not having that, you know, gradual. Yeah. You know, he's basically being put into the fire right away. Yeah. And- and, and I mean, not to say that he's not lying, basically, that he's like not injured, but I don't know. It's, it's a really a, a tough situation. He's played 19 games so far, like his record, like back in November when he came back from the abductor injury or whatever he had back then, like he, he played really well. He's 11, five and two in 19 games he's played, but this was supposed to be a tandem and that's. That's the worry as well with, I mean, thankfully, Sam, Samsonov, it was only, I shouldn't say only, but it was only a stomach bug. But like, knock mm-hmm. on wood, you don't want, it was supposed to be a tandem and you don't want Samsonov getting injured. And then we're really screwed, basically, um, because of this situation with Murray being out and not having much to play, but, um, or not having much time to play. But Well, and the other thing with that, with, with a tandem situation, then, you know, ideally then you want to be giving each guy, you know, games kind of alternating between them. And then you potentially could get into a situation where now you're like kind of forced to give Murray, you know, a few starts, you know, all, all in a row. And then Samsonov is not necessarily going to play for a bit, uh, potentially, uh, just to be able to get him, you know, enough repetition, you know? So yeah. it's, I don't know, they're kind of playing with fire a little bit with this, but yeah, for such an important position, I, I just, 
I just hope that there's something about him and the situation that they know that we don't. You know, let's yeah. <laughs> yeah, assume obviously. That, yeah. that they they must know something about him that that we don't, and maybe this maybe this is the best thing for him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's your bad? Well, my bad, actually, we could say maybe call it sad, is <laughs> is losing losing Jake Muzzin. So we had the report um, come out uh, from his reassessment this week that he has been ruled out for the rest of the season, um, which I think you know no one's really shocked about that, and I think we all kind of knew that it was coming. However, um, it is. We are really going to miss miss him. One the one thing that's great is that he has been still around the team consistently, and I think that is good. Uh, obviously, he's loved in the room, and that's a big part of the reason why we need him. So, if he's still going to be able to be around the team and in the room, um, that will be great. But uh, you know, we he's definitely something that he's got the intangibles that we really, really miss, especially come playoff time. Yeah. And he's always been such an important playoff contributor. So I think that, that they kind of addressed that a little bit by bringing in O'Reilly and a guy like Achari, because they kind of add a little bit of that into the mix. Uh, But it's, it's unfortunate um, that it's, you know, he, we're going yeah. to be uh, without him for the rest of the season in the playoffs. Yeah. And when you say like, it's good that he's around the team, it is good. But I, mm-hmm. I, I saw the picture of him like in the, um, I guess at the Ford Performance Center where yeah, they were, saw when they were practicing. Yeah. It's kind of, you kind of feel sad, like you said, I know. for the guy. That's why because, I said it's called, it's yeah. not the, the good, it's the, the good, the sad in the ugly yeah. today. Yeah. Because he's the, uh, <laughs> Because he's standing there, he wants to be out there, right? Yeah, and it, it must be horrible for mm. for for an athlete like that to be in that position. Um, but I mean, it's it's obviously more important for his health and and the family, his family, and that to who knows. Hopefully, next next year, maybe things like over the summer, maybe things will improve for him, and he'll be able to get back well, on the ice. Once but- he's ready, he needs to call Gary Roberts. Yes, true. Because yeah. if anyone can uh, help him come back from this type of injury, you know, yeah. Gary Roberts, his his uh, career was was pretty much done. Done. And yeah. He basically yeah. rehabbed himself, completely transformed everything about uh, the way he did things, and was able to play like at least another ten years uh, in good health, and was very resilient after that. So, um, you know, all is probably not lost, but. You know, anyway, it is, yeah. it is sad though for, it's for the sad. time being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, let's move off of this sadness yes. <laughs> and let's get into some more exciting talk. With, That's right. Let's roll our Ladies Talking Leafs highlight reel. All right. So coming in at number three. Uh, we have Mark Giordano, who tied Chris Russell, former teammate, for the NHL record for most shots block in, blocked with 2,044. Hopefully tonight, against another one of his old teams, uh, yeah. he will get the record. Uh, but yes, yeah, so the NHL actually only started uh, tracking this this particular stat uh, in 2005. Uh, so they haven't been tracking it for that long. So 
really, this is even without his first, his first full season in the league is not even counted in this. So, um, so yeah, so yeah. that is, is pretty awesome. And, uh, talking about another veteran who provides, you know, these intangibles, he's definitely one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, uh, I mean, his, his value for the 800,000 cap hit. <laughs> oh my God. The value that mm-hmm. he's brought like it's it's well beyond that and i couldn't believe that they i don't know how they would track something like this like i'm wondering like hopefully i mean obviously they i guess they have somebody just looking at it and you just base it on their opinion as to when he blocked the shot but i found it funny too he well it's not funny but he he said his the hardest shot that he ever blocked with somebody that shot it at his head or something he, he actually he didn't mean to stop it with his head but their side of his face and i was like yeah i would think that that would be uh, a tough one but um but yeah no geo is is playing great for us and yeah he should get the record tonight versus seattle so mm-hmm. so that'll be that'll be exciting to see and uh <laughs> who was it i think it was I don't know if it was Mitch or if it was Willie. One of them anyway said that they would get like, oh no, it was Riley. I think it was Morgan Riley. He said that they would get a, a golden um, shin <laughs> golden pad or shin something. Pad. Yeah. <laughs> I just funny. loved how they were like filming the shin pad constantly. Yes. They were showing it throughout that whole game, all the nicks and divots yeah. and stuff in it. Anyways, it was kind of yeah. funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on to number two. He could be number one as well, but it's William Nylander, um, Willie Styles, or as our insider Micah Jello likes to call him, Dr. Nylander, scoring another beautiful goal, uh, OT winner versus the Minnesota Wild. He stripped the puck from the Minnesota player, and then he, I love when he cuts in like that. It cuts in front of the net, and he holds off the uh, the defensive player and then snaps the shot past Minnesota goaltender Philip Gustafson. Like, that was just... I don't know. Well, and we the other part him. that that a lot of people don't mention is to, on the start of that play, yes. he won the faceoff totally yeah. clean. Yeah. It was basically that started it all. And um, yeah. yeah, that was an incredible play. And it was so exciting. Uh, yeah, it would have been nice to be there uh, in the crowd to watch yes. that one for sure. I'm sure everybody was on their feet because – you yeah. could definitely feel the build on that one for sure. Yeah. And that was his uh, third OT winner of the season. Uh, one behind Sundin, Matt Sundin. I was for just going to say, OT goals. what is yeah. it about uh, the Swedes yeah. on our team? Uh, they yeah. seem to be really good at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of Swedes, I do believe that he's having this type of season in honor of Borea Salming another Swedish player, but um, mm-hmm. I, I just think that he's taking it to another level for him. So, um, so yeah, well, he's, wherever you he's definitely doing draw it. your inspiration, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he's uh, one goal away. We were tying before we came on the show here. He's one goal away from tying his career high 34 goals. Um, so could he hit 50? That's what we were saying oh. with Sill. You never know. That's right. Yeah. Time will tell. And it will be an exciting closeout for sure. Yeah. All right. So moving on to our number one spot, we have a newcomer to our list. (laughs) And that would be Ryan O'Reilly. And of course, he's new because he's new to our team. And he had the hat trick versus his old team, Buffalo. Uh, Two goals in 37 seconds and then an empty netter as he was kind of flying. Um, 
<laughs> for the hat trick. And it was so cool to see the hats on the ice in uh, an opposition rink. Um, yeah. Especially so. Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It was funny. Uh, Cause again, our insider, Mike, he was uh, on Twitter. He was like, cause I, I, we tweeted out something to say like Leaf fans should be like really excited there and everything. And, and Mike is like, shh, <laughs> wait, it's like, we're not, it's not, the game's not over yet. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I know. Cause we don't really have a great record uh, playing Kay. in Buffalo. But full disclosure, yeah. when it was five one, I think I <laughs> yeah. said out loud, wow, we normally don't really win these games yeah. in Buffalo. And then <laughs> goal, goal. And I was like, oh my God. I said to my husband, Do you don't you dare tell Christine that I said this? <laughs> <laughs> because if we lose this game, I'm in major trouble. So yeah. but yes, yeah, so we managed to to hang on, but uh wow, yeah. 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 So I guess um when it comes to O'Reilly, he it only took him three games as a leaf to get his first hat trick. Um, and he's mm-hmm. the ninth player in franchise history to do this in, in I guess, in th- the first three games of being a Leaf. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah, it was just, it was, it was just a, a great night for him. And, um, and yeah, we couldn't be more happier to have him. That's for sure. Him and Noel Achari is, have made a big, uh, a, a big contribution to the team so far. So. Absolutely. And as this is our first show since the big trade that brought Ryan O'Reilly and Nola Chari to the Leafs, we're now going to talk all about this and other trade deadline related news in our third period segment. Yeah, so for the third period, um, I guess it's all about the trade deadline right now. And it was funny, the Friday night, it was just before the Montreal I guess they were going to be playing the Habs in Montreal and um, or no, sorry, it was here. (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. getting confused. We were there for his first game, but the Friday Mm -hmm. night before that game around 11 11 p.m. I was ready for bed when Leaf Twitter basically went crazy. I was like, oh, my God, I'm like, look, I'm like, Kyle Dubas is doing this right, (laughs) right when I was getting ready for bed. But anyways, um, we were right about the one player that was dealt from the Leafs. None of our, it's kind of funny, like, because in our last show, we were talking about how we didn't think Dubas was going to make the deal for the UFA and like has to have somebody with term. And that's what most people Mm -hmm. have been saying. But um, I guess so. we were wrong on that. But I guess we were right. We knew that Mikhail Abramov was one of the one of the players in the Marlies players that was going uh, uh, back to St. Louis. Um, And yeah, it was uh, it was quite exciting how it went how it went over and um i i just loved i'm gonna read this from ryan and riley what he um what he said on uh on becoming a leaf i'm just gonna get it here i looked at it and i was like he was asked basically what he remembers the most about his first game being a leaf and he's like that start starting here was special you feel the energy in the building there's a reason it's the mecca of hockey that energy that surrounds it it's something you don't get something that you don't get many other places so i was actually kind of surprised both him and noel achari said that our building is quite loud whether or not they're like they whether or not they're 
telling the truth. But as a visitor, they both said that, that they, meanwhile, most people say that we're quiet, Scotiabank. You know what? I think it depends on where you are. Probably when you're on the ice, maybe the way it is, is like all of the the sound focuses in on them. But in the stands, like often yeah. it doesn't sound very loud. And I think it does matter where you're sitting as as far as how loud things are in there, just the way it's it's constructed, especially in the kind of the upper bowl. It's not as much of an open bowl like in some other places like Chicago right. or Tampa, yeah. where like all of the sound is focused in the ceiling and just kind of comes basically it's oppressive and comes crashing down on you. <laughs> we don't kind of yeah. have that same sort of acoustic um setup, I guess. But yeah. But but I it, think that some of it is is not necessarily sound, but an energy. So like, I think that's something that people discount that just because, you know, we as Lee fans in the stands are maybe not as vocal. That doesn't mean that the energy, like we're always a totally, you know, engrossed and sucked into the game. Yeah, it was Saturday night. Mm -hmm. It was versus the Habs and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that energy, like you're saying, it's 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 there at Scotiabank Arena. We we bring it definitely. for sure. You can and, feel it. Yeah, and I I thought it was with the trade itself. I thought it was interesting too that this is the third consecutive year that Kyle Dubas basically and the Leafs have acquired a captain at at uh, of an existing team before the deadline. So like they mm-hmm. got because um, they got Felino, they got Giordano. And now they got O'Reilly, all former captains um, at the trade deadline. Uh, one of them didn't work out, the first one there. Um, mm-hmm. But these uh, last two, I think, well, so far has been paying off very well with the, um, well, definitely with Giordano and so far with O'Reilly. And then another thing that I thought of uh, or that I read too, I thought it was funny. Michael Bunting and O'Reilly went to the same high school. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know and- that he has Scarborough roots? No, I didn't. <laughs> I was like, wow. And then, and he, and O'Reilly's aunt was Michael Bunting's teacher. Mm-hmm. In, in, his gym teacher. Schools. His gym teacher is uh, playing volleyball or something. And volleyball like that. coach. So, yeah. 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 So that, I thought that was kind of, kind of cool <laughs> to have that uh, little connection. But um, yeah, what do you think of the deal, anyways, besides, uh, well, oh, I guess we should talk about Achari as well. A little yeah, bit, um, I actually think that the the Chari piece is um, definitely adds something to the to the bottom six for sure. Like I, one thing I noticed about both of them is they come to play. They are quite intense. Like even in that the the last game we had, um, you know, I think uh, O'Reilly missed. Uh, a goal and he slammed his stick into into the boards and he was like so pissed off about that and yeah. i'm like that's going to be a great example and i think achari is is that kind of guy too that he he's maybe something like uh that we haven't had since hyman left you know a guy yeah. that is yeah. always working yeah. You know, like people try to like they they want to comp- compare Michael Bunting to to um to Hyman as a, as the replacement. So in a way, uh, you know, points wise and stuff, maybe he's that. But as far as the type of player he is, I see Noel Achari more more kind of like that. You know, like yeah. he's always working, he's always yeah. blocking the shot, he's always 
Yeah. So they have this intensity about them that I think is gonna is gonna be huge. Yeah, and Achari game, too. game in game out. You know. Yeah, and Achari too. When we were talking before about everything shifting down the lineup, so now he plays mm-hmm. center on the fourth line. I actually think, like I've noticed Zach Aston Reese a lot more mm-hmm. playing a lot better since Achari's gotten inserted there as the fourth line I ha- center. I have to agree with that. Yeah, I've noticed. At least I've noticed him, sort of thing. Somehow he 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 stood out a little bit, a little bit more, anyways. Um, and I think it's because Noel Chari, like you're saying, it brings that energy. He brings it every night, and and he also um, one thing that was interesting. I saw a stat after the game versus the Habs. He was first on the Leafs in hits with 168 hits like from the season (laughs) i thought okay (laughs) like that's quite interesting to have like the guy play his first game and he's already leading somewhere on on in in the team with that stat and Mm -hmm. um and then the other thing i thought was funny was that uh did you hear about the wax on the stick the conversation yes 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 i saw that (laughs) but which doesn't surprise me because that that matthews would notice that because he's like such a stick nerd so of course like he's checking out the stick and everything um yeah but i I thought it was funny what he said that he needs he needs all the help that he can get and matthews doesn't need that extra help yeah (laughs) to keep it on his stick (laughs) um but one thing i would also say is that like you were saying is that um you know getting both of these guys it immediately brought more balance to our team because now their mm. people are now able to play where they should be playing instead of having to fill up a higher slot or a lower slot like even for camp you know the fact that now like third line center that's where he should be yeah. so he doesn't yeah. have to play go up and down between third and fourth or whatever and yeah. um I think that that's what it what it does is it it allows everybody uh or or more so than before uh players to be able to slot in uh where they can be most successful yeah. as opposed to playing yeah. out of their role a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I I I think um like I don't I don't know what what else what else we need up front. I don't know if they're going to look for another forward, but um yeah, yeah I don't know. what what uh so is it yeah go ahead so speaking of 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 what they what the needs might be yeah. um so according to cap friendly the leafs have 4.4 million available in cap space still um but we are at the roster limit of 23 players so recently Joey Anderson cleared waivers Jordy Ben was also put on waivers and we and discussed he cleared. did clear, yeah. right? Yeah. So that helps to free, free up some roster spots. So now we're left with the question. So what do you think yeah. Kyle Dubas is still going to do going forward? It's interesting because it's really all about beating Tampa right now. We need to beat them, right? So mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think he's taking the mentality like waiting for – because Tampa's basically done nothing so far. And I know that they've – all the other teams like Boston, they got – they made their big deal, Orloff and Hathaway from the capitals they got. Um, but I don't think we need to worry about Boston. We need to worry about Tampa. And I think maybe getting something on D if we can on defense, like getting mm-hmm. some sort of, I guess, more, a little bit more grit on that side, uh, some heavy, like a heavy D man. Um, but 
I don't know. I, cause like, if you, if you look at like Sandine is supposed to come back tonight mm-hmm. and cause he, he, he does have an edge to him, but he, he's, he's still growing. I think a little bit too, like, like, I think that's why he ended up getting, he, I think he hit, he got hit by somebody. I forget which game it was. And that's why he missed the last couple of games. So I think yeah. he still needs to build up some muscle basically in order to play that kind of game to have a little bit of edge in it. But I think personally, I think he, Kyle Dubas, it might not, I don't know if it's going to be like a Luke Shen, but that's what everybody's saying. But I think we need somebody a little bit younger if we could get somebody, but um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I think that on defense is probably what we still could use a little bit of help with. Um, yeah, like especially, well, I, yeah, I don't, but even so, like whoever is available at this point, I mean, I mean, but Luke Shen, you know, he did add something to Tampa's uh, roster last year, you know, in the yeah. playoffs. And he did, he did, was like it. You know, that's what I guess they are looking for is like not to just necessarily fill a hole, but be able to add something so that the players that we do have that are good, just like we, we they've done up front, don't have to play outside of themselves. They can play yeah. their game and they're not trying to play outside their role. So if we get somebody like that who yeah. helped another team get pretty far last year. Um, yeah. Then like it could help our younger <laughs> players not have yeah. to do those things. And actually what you're saying too, yes, he, he did, Luke Shen did help Tampa. And if we could take him away from, cause I can see that happening where Tampa might be eyeing him to go Get back him there. Again? Yeah. I yeah. heard that so too. If, so if we can stop that and actually have him come back here, mm-hmm. uh, right. To, to where it all began uh, for him. Um, he would was... they go back to Luke's troops again for that, <laughs> for that se- segment? Oh my God. That's hilarious. That's but, what started um, it all. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. So there's, there is hit Luke Shen and, um, I don't know there it's gone kind of quiet with, um, with Jake McCabe there, that possibility mm-hmm. with Chicago that we were talking about with, with Mike, uh, Jello, our insider. And, um, and there hasn't really been any other, I don't know, any other demon like to say, oh, I guess Jacob Tr- Chikrin, but I don't think. He's always a possibility. Yeah, I don't but think that's don't, a possibility. What the heck is Arizona doing? I know. There? Yeah. Or what's because this? That, there's so many things wrong with that. I can't even begin. Yeah. You know, it's, yes. it's bad for everybody. Bad yeah. for the player too. And he's not a person who is not injury prone. So now you're sitting him out and by all accounts, it's a mutual thing they said, but he's sitting out and like we were talking about, players are ramping up and now he's going to be coming in. It's, it's like almost coming back after an injury and you know, who's to say that he might not get hurt. Yeah. And what is this sitting out of players now all of a sudden for trade related reasons? Meanwhile, there's no trade in imminent. I know. (laughs) No, they should make a rule. For that, yeah, that, think it, that you can't do they, that unless there's something, you know, within a 24 to 48 hour window. Yeah. Yeah. I know for sure. So, um, so yeah, uh, there is, uh, Jacob Chikrin, but I don't think he'll, I don't think we like for what 
they're asking. Apparently, I don't know the full details, but apparently yeah. it's over the top. So uh, I don't mm-hmm. think Kyle Dubas is going to go with that. I, I actually like Kyle Dubas's move to say that he's obviously we're not going to have a lot of draft picks left in the next couple of years, let's just say. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that he's keeping the draft picks that he had, the players that he knows that he's picked through the draft that aren't currently playing like Fraser Minton, Matthew Nyes, he, mm-hmm. he's keeping those guys because he knows them and the Leafs have been working with them. They're in the system and you don't know what these other draft picks are, what they're going to end up being. So unless you're in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, which we're not obviously. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens this week. Um, and then we'll be back at it next week with uh, Mike talking about what what Kyle Dubas did um, besides this mm-hmm. uh, big move with O'Reilly and uh, Achari. But um, one guy that's still kind of out there is that Gavrikov. He's still available. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, that's so another I one suppose, with the trade-related reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now that yeah. that – and I had heard that Boston was sort of looking at him too. So now that they, they've they sort of taken care of, of yeah, what they want I don't there on D, I doubt yeah. he'll go there. So and he doesn't want to sign. He doesn't want to sign here, though. He's already he said he. Yeah, he said that he wouldn't. Well, this is a couple of weeks ago. I think he said Gavrikov said right. that he wouldn't sign with a Canadian team beyond like right. this season. So there's no point, yeah. in my opinion, no, to was, give up. I don't the assets. see that Dubis would go get like yet another rental. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. But All right. Uh, yeah, right now the Leafs are in the midst of a five-game road trip um, and are out west playing. Uh, Seattle tonight um, on the Sunday and playing Edmonton Tuesday, then Calgary on Thursday and Vancouver on Saturday night. And then they're off. uh, They're actually off on Friday on deadline day. So, yeah. Yeah, It makes it easy for whoever has to move. I suppose. If there is someone. Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, the next week, they only have two games. They play the New Jersey Devils with their new acquisition, Timo Meyer, uh, in New Jersey. And then the Oilers are here at Scotiabank Arena on the 11th of March. So that's a hockey yeah. night in Canada matchup. Yeah. And um, I guess those games versus the Oilers obviously are always the highlight when it comes to mm-hmm. McDavid versus Matthews. And obviously we have um, Zach Hyman there, former Leaf. And, um, and obviously Jack Campbell as well, who's, uh, not doing so great. He was playing okay, but he's not doing so great the last game or two. So, um, return of Superman to, uh, to Toronto. So, and we also, I wonder if they'll start him, uh, at least one of those games. You would think that, um, Jay Woodcroft, I think is their coach there in Edmonton that they would start Jack Campbell for one of the games, but, um, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And I guess that New Jersey game, like you're saying, the Timo Meyer mm-hmm. trade just happened. So um, that's quite interesting that they would, uh, I don't know what was going the other way, mind you, but um, like from New Jersey, they had to give up quite a bit. Um, but they, I actually haven't seen that, that yeah, yet, what they, what they gave, what up, they gave but, up. But but it'll be good to see him on the, uh, I guess, it, it, Devils have I been an impressive team. Fit, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for the Devils. So it's uh, they have to ramp up anyways if they're going to play the Rangers, possibly, right? They're mm-hmm. right there in that spot. So um, and the Rangers are loading up. Who knows? They got, uh, I was going to say Patty Kane, but <laughs> that's maybe in the works. But it, they got Tarasenko, obviously. So, um, yeah, it's going to be another 
exciting couple of weeks anyways to see what the uh what brings all the changes to the different teams so mm-hmm. as we mentioned at the start of the show, our schedule is going to be different over the next month. So uh, be sure to follow us. Hit that follow button on uh, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us, and you won't miss the show. Also, uh, we'll be keeping you up to date um, uh, by, or also follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at LTL1917, and that's where we will keep you up to date on everything Leafs. And a reminder, too, to please leave us a rating or a review um, and let us know what you think of the show. It's easy on Apple and Spotify, and it's important for our show to get more exposure as a source for Leaf content. And we thank you for taking the time. And also, don't forget to check out our YouTube our YouTube channel, uh, Tongue Twister, uh, at <laughs> LTL1917 also, um, where we post videos from games we've attended. Uh, we've got a lot of good, interesting uh, sh- little shorts there. Um, so you can always check that out as well. And also, do th- consider visiting our Kofi page as well at Kofi.com. You can follow us there. And if you choose to, you can support us by buying us a coffee. So any donation you make towards our show uh, helps us produce it and makes it even better for you. So if you can find the link to our Kofi page on any of our show notes or in any of our social media profile pages. So, um, yeah, we want to, as always, thank our healthcare workers uh, and first responders for everything that they do. And thanks always to you as well for listening. So until next time, go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go.